Your Health with Dr. Jill, a weekly conversation about health topics with Dr. Jill Valerius. Hey, good morning, Dr. Jill. Good morning, Lee. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I am really well, thank you. Oh, great. So you were you wanted to sort of wrap up or continue our talk about cholesterol by talking about fiber today. Yeah, I do. I think especially when we're dealing with potentially elevated cholesterol levels and really, honestly, health in general, one thing that gets overlooked is the role that fiber plays. And in the case of cholesterol, it can play a really huge, huge role, number one, in reducing our total cholesterol. It's just one of those things like that we, in general, we don't do a great job of getting the amount of fiber in our diets and and that will directly lower our cholesterol. Okay. My mind is blown that something simple as something that sort of goes through and cleans out your gut as it goes through and isn't digested could help lower your cholesterol. That is amazing to me. Our bodies are amazing. It, it is amazing. So when we think about fiber, so like just to, I'll, put, I'll throw out, you know, goals. For a female, 25 grams a day, a male, 38 grams. So that's just in general accounting for size and caloric need. Okay. So, so if you, you know... And, and like we can think about even kids, like if you and kids are going to need a fair bit as well, but per thousand calories that you need to survive, you should have 14 grams of fiber okay, at least. So, so we, why do we, you know, what is, what is fiber? Fiber is roughage and it's bulk and it comes from plants and it's part of that plant cellular structure and it's a complex carbohydrate. And the interesting thing with it is fiber ends up breaking down in our colon. Okay. And, and it's broken down in our colon because that's where we have, like, a lot of those gut microbes. Right. And we need healthy gut microbes, so we need to feed those bugs fiber to break it down because we ourselves don't have very much capacity to break fiber down. So just a little bit of an aside, so that... So when one takes antibiotics and it wipes out your gut microbiome, then you have a harder time digesting fiber because you've lost, temporarily lost the ability. Is that? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And, di- and different, different medical issues can play a role in that too, like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, you know, and if we don't have a diet rich in colors and fiber and variety, you know, we, we might not be supporting the, the diversity of bugs in our gut that we need for optimal health. Okay. And so, and so for me, the other piece of that is if you suddenly change your diet to increase fiber, it could be somewhat uncomfortable because you don't have, you have to like get the bugs going again. 100%. So really like I, I think when people like don't eat a lot of beans or they don't eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables or maybe raw vegetables, I think about beans, you know, kind of have the biggest stigma around them. You know, if you don't eat that sort of thing a lot, like don't start with a bowl of chili because like, you know, that that's going to make you uncomfortable or give you gas or whatever later. Like the, 
the idea would be just to add, like, add a small amount of something. And if we add small amounts, then we can start to feed those microbes that we need. And it, and then we can gradually tolerate more. And I think what the problem is, people go, oh, wait, no, like I am, if I track my calories, I'm probably only getting 15 grams, so somewhere I need to get 10 more. And all of a sudden you try to, or using citrusol or metamucil, like super easy way, that's psyllium husk, to increase your fiber. But I tell people, like, don't start at like a scoop of it. Start at a quarter of a scoop of it. Mm-hmm. then you can work into it and you won't be quite as uncomfortable. And and I think that's the problem that deters many people because they're like, no, if I do that, I feel terrible. I'm, I've gas and I'm bloated and all of these things. So really the key is to to really go slow and build up, like kind of keep it below that threshold of gas and bloating and feeling crummy or full all the time. Keep it below that threshold so you can gradually – increase a bit more and you'll notice as you do that like your stools will change you will be full more easily you may drop weight over time your cholesterol is going to go down so there's lots of lots of positives for that right and and really through most of human history or even prehistory humans ate a lot of fiber oh yeah so I mean, we are, we evolved to eat a lot of fiber. So having this diet that doesn't have a lot of fiber, it's not fiber in it. It's not surprising it, systems go out of whack. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, like I think historically, you know, we're eating more than 50 grams of fiber a day. And, and, you know, I think it's an interesting, you know, interesting little thing to try. Like I use an app called Chronometer. Mm-hmm. When I'm tracking foods, you, it's a, you can you can track it all through the free part of the app. You don't need to pay for it. Right. But you track everything and you can kind of start to see where you're at. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sure there's some people listening to us that are doing great, but others are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm hardly getting, you know, I'm getting 15 grams of fiber in a day. Right. Yeah. I use chronometer, too. And I just use it sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, all right, how much fiber is in my diet or how much protein is in my diet? So I. You know, I'll put the stuff in and say, oh, I need to do some adjusting there. Yeah, I think, you know, for some people it's challenging because that can be essentially a slippery slope tracking Uh for some people. But I think as a a way to track, like once in a while, like you're using it, like just track to see, you know, like where am I at on an average day? Yeah. And I th- there's a there's a ton of value to that for sure, right? Just, yeah. So you, it's just knowledge. So you can make better okay. decisions. Yeah. It, exactly. So on average, less than three percent of Americans get the recommended minimal amount of fiber in their diet daily. Right, and most of them are friends of ours. Right, <laughs> but but I can't always <laughs> include myself in that category. Okay. You know, like if I'm honest, like I, I it appear I've, I'm tracking this last week, so it it appears that I got 132 percent of my fiber yesterday. Okay, I, I'm doing good this week, but I, I will attribute it to a a pretty high fiber protein shake that I've been drinking nearly every day. Okay, whatever it takes. 
whatever it takes. Exactly. So, yeah, fiber, fiber's fun and interesting. So if we talk about, like, there's, there's two types of fiber. We think about soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. So if you Google fiber, you're going to get soluble, insoluble. And so what does it all mean? Think about soluble. Soluble dissolves in water. So the advantage of soluble, it absorbs water during digestion. The soluble fibers work as prebiotics. We spoke at one point about prebiotics and probiotics and I think postbiotics. So, but these prebiotics feed our gut microbes. Some examples of these would be like oats, peas, apples, citrus fruits, fruits, beans and lentils, barley, and psyllium. Psyllium would be your like citrusel and metamucil. Mm-hmm. So those are soluble fibers. So dissolved in water is the key there. And then, when, yeah, and they're digested by our gut microbes. Correct. Yeah. Like we, you know, whether we like it or not, we need the bugs. Mm-hmm. They are our allies. Insoluble fiber doesn't dissolve in water. And what does insoluble fiber do? Like that's kind of that scrubby brush that moves things through your intestinal tract. It adds bulk to stools. When you think about that, you're thinking about fruits and veggies as well, nuts, seeds, whole grains. And when we talk about whole grains, you know, we'll use bread as an example. Most of it is, it says whole grain, but it's so processed that it really defeats the purpose. So when you're thinking about grain and breads, you want to be thinking about some of those breads that, like, if you tried to ball up and make a wad of, of bread, like, it should be kind of falling apart, not like Wonder Bread that you could actually make, like, a little racket ball out of. Because, you know, it would just, it's so processed, you just make a little hard ball out of it. But right. whole grains, we're really talking about, you know, I don't have any affiliation with Dave's killer seed bread, but that makes me think of something like that. Or like Ezekiel bread. Like, and in some of these, like we have lots of people who are probably making bread at home, but like using whole grains in the bread, like obviously some of it has to be milled down, but like you want just it, I guess more of that. It would crunchy be the crunchy or granular to the bread. Chewy. Chewy. Well, chewy, yeah, we just don't want it to be like, yeah, not just like Wonder Bread. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking I eat bread that is pure flaxseed, and Mm -hmm. it's very chewy. Right. Yeah, like I think some of those things. So just really think about really whole grains and somewhere you can actually see grains. Right. It's a good thing. Right. And so also looking at the package label and seeing what the fiber content is. Right. And comparing package labels of bread. Right. And that, you know, that, that's a whole other topic, reading like labels of what, what are we looking at and what is all this stuff? So, yeah, it's very interesting looking at bread labels because sometimes, sometimes there's a ridiculous number of ingredients in bread, like every other food. Right. That we find at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, why is it important, you know, fiber... Helps us with regular bowel movements, lowers cholesterol, it will lower our blood sugar, weight loss, and we live longer. Mm-hmm. 
and live longer, hopefully, with lower cholesterol and lower blood sugar and pooping every day, which is a great thing. Right. Our microbes really need fiber. Those microbes play such a, a huge role in creating vitamins for us and also something called short-chain fatty acids. And these short-chain fatty acids basically feed our, our gut cells. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it makes the colon a bit more acidic, which then suppresses the growth of, like, bad bugs, ones that pathogenic bugs, inflammatory microbes. So it really helped to balance our microbiome in a healthy way. So a very low-fiber diet is not. We utilize that sometimes with medical conditions to start a healing process, but it's but in general, a low-fiber diet is just, like, not healthy for us. It ends up being a very inflammatory diet. Okay. Short-chain fatty acids give us up to 10% of our daily caloric requirements. And so, so when we think about these bacteria, they also are helping create energy for us. Right. Wow. So, yeah, very, very, very pertinent that we feed our good bugs. Okay. And so now we're going to, so your next talk about is like prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, let's, we, let's hit it. Prebiotics we use to feed those gut microbes, like the healthy ones. Mm -hmm. And what prebiotics is fiber Mm -hmm. and also resistant starches. And when we think about resistant starches, those are really slow burning carbs and grains. You know, oats, rice, when we, like, if you take a potato and cook it and eat it, it will convert to sugar relatively fast. Or if you cool that potato and then reheat it or whatever, it actually converts to sugars more slowly. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a more resistant starch. Right. So they get more, they get processed down in the colon. But so prebiotics feed our gut microbiomes. Probiotics, that's when we will add things, add specific microbes to help balance things and beneficial qualities. Like before before we started recording today, Lee, you mentioned to me that you had read a study or read a, a post about a study talking about how a specific probiotic reduced a pathogenic bug or microbe in our gut called Staphylococcus aureus, yes. like taking this, this specific Bacillus subtilis probiotic actually reduced Staph aureus. So people might know about that when we talk about MRSA or methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. So these are the kind of things we look for and go, oh, wait, if we take this specific probiotic it can actually help us reduce one that really causes pathology for right, people. Right, right. And, and it's problematic. So probiotics, we take specific ones because they know that, that increasing that population will drive down other populations. Right, yeah. Okay. So, so prebiotics feed gut microbes. Probiotics help us with that balance. And then postbiotics, those can actually be used to promote health, but postbiotics 
are things that are produced by our gut microbes, so all of our little bugs, uh-huh. and they basically produce things that end up being active compounds to help heal our gut and do those things. Okay, great. So, so we're not ingesting those. We have if we feed our bugs well. They help us with those. Okie dokie. Well, Jill, we have to wrap up this session. I know it's hard, okay. hard to say. So parting words or? Parting words. You know, I would encourage everybody, like whether you use a tracking app or something like that, at some point kind of track for maybe a week what you eat on average and figure out how much fiber that you're getting in your diet. I think it's a, it's a really good experiment you know, we've talked previously also about other macronutrients, but it's really neat to get an idea of like how much fiber am I eating, how much protein am I eating, those kind of things, because I think it it can be really helpful to make some behavior change and wonder like if I change this for the next month before I go in to have my annual labs done, is my cholesterol lower? So think about that. Think about fiber and tracking it for a week. Okay, very good. Thank you very much, Dr. Dill. Vet, have a great week. You too. Bye bye. Your Health with Dr. Jill is a production of Radio Free Palmer Big Cabbage Radio. If you have any comments or questions, please email manager at radiofreepalmer.org.